Today in the PodMD studio, we're talking with Dr. Jacob Vanyai, who is an upper GI surgeon practicing in Melbourne. Jacob consults at Surrey Hills, Mooney Ponds, Werribee and Bandura, and operates at John Faulkner, Cotham Private, St. Vincent's Private and the Epworth Group. We're talking today about the issue of groin pain in a patient with no clinical hernia, but in whom an ultrasound does suggest a hernia. We hope that you enjoy this podcast, but please remember that the advice here is of a general nature and is not intended as specific advice about a given patient. If you have a patient on whom you require specific advice, then please seek that advice from a colleague with appropriate expertise. Jacob, thanks for talking with us today on PodMD. Thanks, Sean. It's good to be here. Jacob, a common situation is a patient presenting to the general practitioner with pain in the groin but no clinical hernia, but in whom an ultrasound does suggest a hernia. Could you give us your thoughts on this common enough scenario? Thanks, Sean. The issue I think here is that ultrasound is probably too sensitive a test to adequately assess groin pain. In men in particular, it is common for preperitoneal fat to protrude slightly through the deep ring on straining, which on ultrasound can look like a hernia. Some of my colleagues at Monash Health assessed a series of their patients who were operated on for ultrasound-detected hernias, and they found that at surgery only 50% had a clinically apparent hernia. This indicates that a lot of patients referred for surgery will not stand to gain any benefit whatsoever. Jacob, I'm sure you do receive a number of referrals uh, in this situation. What is your approach as a hernia surgeon um, to these patients? Sean, while some of these patients may end up benefiting from surgery, I would begin by assessing all of these patients with a view to ruling out differential diagnoses. In younger patients, this may relate to muscle strain or sprain, and in men, scrotal pathology should be considered, such as varicocele, epididymomorchitis, or in rare cases, testicular tumour. In older patients, pain commonly relates to referred pain from the hip or back. That's a good list of differential diagnoses, Jacob. How do you go about investigating these patients? In younger patients where... I'm concerned about scrotal pathology, more targeted investigation is appropriate, particularly urinalysis and STI testing, targeted ultrasound if that wasn't done during the initial groin ultrasound, and clinical assessment of muscle sprain or strain as elicited from a thorough history. In older patients, I would begin with an X-ray of the hip and spine and target further investigations dependent on my assessment. Spine or hip CT or soft tissue MRI may be appropriate depending on the individual. So, Jacob, you go through that process and a certain number of patients will then go off on some other pathway of investigation and treatment, but there'll be a group of patients in whom nothing else is found and you're left with this group who have local symptoms, an ultrasound-detected hernia but no clinical hernia. How do you approach that subset of this this group you've been referred? Sean, each of these patients is symptomatic and is looking for a solution to their pain. However, there is no rush to surgery. The risk of a hernia that is not clinically palpable of obstructing or becoming incarcerated is very low. A proportion of these patients' symptoms will improve over time without intervention. However, there will remain a subgroup of patients who have persistent symptoms, who have no other cause for their symptoms identified, and remain keen for surgery. For this group of patients, I would refer for a second opinion to our colleague, This may be a surgeon or a pain specialist as appropriate for the patient. Jacob, it's always wise to get a second opinion on a difficult case, but uh, tell me what's your general approach when the patients come back uh, having had that opinion? 
Provided there are no red flags raised at the second opinion, we have to consider offering these patients surgery. We've talked a lot about the patients who won't benefit from surgery, but some will. For those patients who remain keen for an intervention where there is no red flags and no other reasonable differential diagnosis, I would offer them surgery with the understanding that there is no guarantee that surgery will fix their pain. Obviously, the advice will be tailored to the patient will take into account their severity of symptoms and comorbidities with specific regards to the risks of undergoing surgery. The particular risk I would highlight to these patients is the risk of chronic pain following hernia surgery for any cause. Patients who have pre-existing pain as their presenting symptom should be aware that their pain may persist or potentially worsen following hernia surgery. So Jacob, it sounds as though ultrasound can almost cause as many problems in assessing a patient with groin pain as it can solve. Can you give us your thoughts on the role of that investigation in this scenario? If a hernia is clinically apparent, an ultrasound is not necessary. However, the ultrasound plays an important role in genitourinary conditions, chiefly in younger patients where inflammatory infectious conditions are more common and to rule out testicular tumours. In this regard, when ordering an ultrasound, I would specifically request an ultrasound of the scrotum or testes rather than a groin ultrasound or of the inguinal canal. Jacob, I think that uh, your clinical experience of this situation reflects mine as well, Uh, and I think we take a similar approach to the patients, but it is a bit at odds with what we read in some of the journal articles. How can you explain that to us? Sean, I think this reflects the different patient population between the large hernia centres that are seeing hernia after hernia after hernia compared to the patient population seen by general surgeons or primary care physicians in Australia. It's the difference between a screening tool and a diagnostic test. The positive predictive value for a groin ultrasound in the patients presenting to primary care doctors in Australia is low. So, Jacob, this uh, scenario is a difficult enough problem for a hernia surgeon. What's your advice to our colleagues in general practice? Sean, if the patient has significant symptoms but there is no clinical cause evident, I think the appropriate step is to discuss the patient with a local general surgeon. We may need to accept that we may not find a diagnosis in every patient, but further tests are not necessarily the answer. Thank you, Jacob. That's been a, uh, an excellent discussion of a difficult problem. As we start to wind things up, can you give us your take-home message or messages uh, on this topic? Sean, the key point here is that most ultrasound-detected hernias are not clinically relevant. When assessing these patients, other causes of pain should be excluded first. But there is a group of patients who will benefit from surgery, and so these patients with groin pain not otherwise explained should be discussed with the surgeon. Jacob, thanks so much for coming in and taking the time to make this podcast with us today. It's been a very informative and interesting discussion. It's been a pleasure, Sean. Thank you. Thank you.